This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. We haven't quite recovered from Christmas yet to do a main show, but I'm, I'm actually in a cupboard somewhere in America <laughs> recording this. <laughs> Sounds like the start of a horror film. Yeah, joining me, uh, I need to find a way of escaping, I think. Uh, joining me to discuss the Manchester United game, because we should speak about that. Uh, Mr. Chris Bird, welcome Hello, sir, and a Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, it's a shame I put out that uh, second part of the unapologetic and dysfunctional Christmas special, looking back yeah, that aged well, didn't the it? year of 2023, because the things we hoped we'd binned in uh, 2022 was uh, giving away two goal leads and losing, and apparently they're back. With a vengeance. Yeah. People who can't buy a goal. Yep, that's still a thing. Play against the Villa. Supporting the My Old Man Said podcast throughout the festive period is NordVPN, and they are offering listeners an extra four months free on top of cracking savings on their VPN package, which can potentially help with that festive viewing, especially if you're away from home this Christmas, as a VPN enables you to watch sporting events and TV shows by switching your virtual online location from a physical location that might not allow you to watch certain matches at certain hours, while at the same time, it also protects your online privacy on up to six devices. To get the exclusive package and also a no-risk 30-day money-back guarantee, go to nordvpn.com moms or check out this show's program notes as well. Thank you very much. Well, we'll get into this, shall we? Uh, United, we're going to Old Trafford. We're fancying our chances. Rightfully so, I might have. They haven't scored in about 400 minutes. As soon as I saw Rasmus Hoyland hadn't scored yet, I thought, well, he's going to score at 100%. 
I should have we put, all did. Should have put money on it. In fact, people say, "Oh, well, it's not the old villa anymore," but certain things are guarantees. That was one. So we needed at least a two-goal lead, and, and we got it. But uh, before we get into that, going into this game, people talking about thinking in hindsight they're making a lot of uh, excuses now about injuries, even dragging the fact that Buendia and Mings weren't fit. Well, hello. But when you look at Manchester United's lineup, Casemiro, obviously Martinez is a bit of a long-term one from last season. So, you know, that's like Buendia of Mings, essentially. Luke Shaw out, Mason Mount out, Maguire, Marshall, Lindelof, and that's there's a few more as well. So pretty much equal pegging, I think, in the injury stakes, really. Yeah, both sides depleting. And also, both sides both coming off sort of European campaigns as well. So they've both had a lot of fixtures. So they're both in a sort of similar level of health, you would say. There, And then you look at the lineup and actually we have the personnel to actually play the same shape. And we drafted in Carlos back in at centre-back, Conzer out at the right to, to give it that defensive shape that we saw against Manchester City and Arsenal. So Pau Torres, obviously not 100%. He was on the bench. Dendonka coming in, obviously you'd prefer Kamara, but you, at least you've still got that shape and Dendonka coming in means that McGinn can play further up, which I think in this game, you, you, you go for it, don't you, really? You'd rather have yeah, McGinn up to. there. Yeah, and, and especially with our, our sort of defensive record away from home, you were thinking mm, you'd fancy, well, before the game, regardless of how this game ends up, you would fancy United to score here. Yeah. and their run. But then the first half sort of play. But in terms of that formation, the shape's the same. Longley's in there. He actually had a good game, I thought, until... Uh, he played know, well we- against Sheffield United, I thought, actually, as well. He's, he's very composed on the ball. He's not quite as good as Torres in terms of his distribution, but I think he's a fairly solid he's player. He's still decent distribution. Yeah. I mean, it was, there was a few yeah. uh, long balls. Pinged. I like him. I think he's good. So I, I think when you looked at that United team, which was depleted as well, there was enough, and, you know, the general disarray that they're in, and you're talking about teams like Bournemouth coming to Old Trafford and spanking them. I thought there was enough there. I thought so. Especially going forward. So I, I, I'm not making any excuses. That's that's what we're laying down the foundations for here. Because if you're 2-0 up after 26 minutes, you've got them in disarray. You're 2-0 up against a team who haven't scored in over 400 minutes. And they've, and they've gifted you two goals? Because I didn't even think we were playing that well, really. It was a very scrappy game. Both sides were spraying the ball around all over the place. Um, it was pretty... You know, scratchy passing from both sides. I've got another one. Two nil up against a crowd that's booing and and it's dead in the water. I mean, the you couldn't ask for a better position, could you, against yeah, the so-called it, big team? You were thinking, actually, is this team going to be the team, even though uh, you know we're missing some big hitters that are actually going to run United through here? That's that's where the mindset was at the time. It was Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and drinks all round, really, wasn't it? I thought so. You know, you sort of you two up, and you think we haven't really got going particularly. We're not controlling the game. We've had we've had moments. We just you know, ultimately the keepers kind of probably gifted you certainly the first goal. Yeah, which I mean, let's get on that McGinn free kick. Is Watkins offside if he touches it? Possibly. Because there was a bit of a hesitation, um, wasn't there, in terms of when... Yeah, they were were checking that one for a while. I mean, it was... I do laugh at this stuff. I mean, fair play to Austin McPhee for some of the creative things he's done. But when you've got, you know, Amazon salivating over a set-piece coach, we're thinking, he's whipped it into an area and the keeper's not come for the ball. The keeper's had a stinker on the first one. Ashley Young used to do that regularly. Aim for the back post, and if everybody misses it, it's it's in. And he did. He scored yeah. a couple like that. Or if someone gets a flick, or which a lot of the time people did, yeah. of course. Martin Larson gets out, is it? Although no, Nanny McPhee was celebrating with Emery as if he'd orchestrated it. <laughs> well done, John. 
And then and then the second one again, shocking defending from United. A, you know, a whipped ball to the back post. Which, to be fair, McGinn actually did quite well against Sheffield United. We were, he was he was doing that way. He was sort of it was dipping the corners. We whip him to the back post and he'd drop it in. It was quite a good tactic. Yeah. It's long, lays it round the back. Free header, atrocious bit of marking. And all of a sudden, you're pissing yourself laughing. You're thinking, good Lord, how poor a man you that Dendonk has got his name on the score sheet. Yeah, but with a little back heel flick as well. I know, it was lovely. <laughs> and at that point, you're thinking, bloody hell, if we, if we get it another, which this is going to be done before half time. If Big Daddy's scoring, you know uh, it's probably on a, you know in the stars that this is going to be a romp. Yeah, I mean, even after the break, when we, we weren't even playing well, United were dreadful at the back. It was almost like attack's going to be the best form of defence here. Well, I did think it wasn't over at half-time. I thought they were showing signs. They'd come uh, back into it, hadn't they, to be yeah, fair? Yeah, in terms of their pace, they, they were, were asking questions. And you thought, yeah, this isn't dead yet. We will need another goal, I think. Or at least to get some control. Yeah, another goal, regardless of the score situation, it, it would have just punctured the atmosphere mm-hmm. you'd have silenced the crowd uh, they you know they they were kind of half-heartedly starting to get into it because united were were showing a bit of life but you'd have you'd have knocked the stuffing out of united it'd have been game set and match and uh, maybe a few more mm-hmm. and even you know at half time you're thinking it's maybe a little bit of stick or twist but whatever you do don't concede in the first five ten minutes and villa have had this knack relatively often this season actually of not starting second halves very well whether it's because emery bombards them with information and they're still trying to sort of you know get their head around it. I don't know, but they started the second half again, kind of similar to Bournemouth, just atrociously. And never and then unfortunately never recovered. It's probably the one of the worst forty five minutes of football I've watched from Villa in a long time. Yeah, I mean it was it it was painful to watch at times. I mean, even if you said oh Alex McLeish took over at half time, you still wouldn't believe what you saw because I thought well, he'd have parked the bus, wouldn't he? <laughs> McLeish would have parked the bus, as we should have done, and uh, got it. I mean, you know, we were talking uh, off-air before uh, we started about that first game when we went to Brighton after we beat United at home, Emery's uh, second game, where we literally parked a few buses after we went ahead. Well, we basically played a back... It was a back five with one just in front, so it was essentially a back six with the midfield working ever so hard, and you just leave Watkins upon his own and let him put a shift in it. It's like a 2-0 against a fairly blunt United you're kind of thinking a, a bit like what Sheffield United did to us. You think, go on then, knowing that we've got pace on the break. If you overextend yourselves, yeah. we can pick you off. It was a, a dreadfully um, executed game plan. And I think that's why Emery was on the touchline, just pulling his hair out. Because if there's a team that's troubled our high line, the first team to really do that, that was the last time we were at Old Trafford. Yes. Where we yeah, saw they had pace uh, if they wanted to go more direct. And, and, and pretty much, you know, Forrest played a similar way to United did at Old Trafford when we went to the city ground this season. And we just set it up for them to do exactly the same and allowed them to go longer, bypass the midfield more and just have a go at our back line. I thought we should be sitting deeper here and let them play and see what they can do. Because I don't fancy them to score three goals trying to break down two banks. No. And I would I would fancy us to potentially nick one on the break. So there was no lessons learnt there. I mean, also, I mean, you talk about meticulous planning and all this kind of planning for each game. I don't think there's any history lessons of Villa versus Manchester United being taught <laughs> to these new wave of players. Because 2-0 up is never safe for Old Trafford. It's like the ghost of Alex Ferguson wafted over... Old Trafford, what we saw. I mean, and that's why you have a reaction as a fan. You know, people going, "Oh, meltdown!" You know, we've got thirty. Not at all. It's like it's nothing to do with the overall picture. It is in isolation. How can you keep fucking up at Old Trafford when you've won the game, pretty much? And even though you've you've, you've had the let off, haven't you? Just after half time, when Garnacho goes through, rounds the keeper, but he's offside. 
Very, very yeah, close yeah. shave. That should be the wake-up call. When you think, right, you've got to yeah. come out and wake up, sharpen up. And then the goal that comes after that, you're thinking, for fuck's sake. It's the same It's the same as what happened in the first half. I thought at 2-0, but with the warning signs that United had shown in the last... Basically, Villa stopped playing after half an hour, is how I viewed it. Somewhat, I, I called it somewhat arrogantly, but it was like, mm, is the game yeah. one or we'll, we'll try and manage it? But it's a bit of arrogance to me, that the things... We can just take our foot off the gas. If anything, you've got to put your foot on it straight after half-time. Yeah. Put your foot on their head and kill them. And we didn't. And then as soon as you let them back in the game and they get the first one back, I mean, it's a good finish, but questionable defending as all the goals were. You, you, our history just, you just hit deja vu, don't you? And you're like, oh no, we yeah, know what happens here. Really I was alive, yeah, start I was, to get jitters and yeah, it's like shit, deja vu. And, and you felt like, you felt like they could actually win from here. Yeah. yeah at 2-1, you still, you know, you, you go straight up the other end and you have a massive chance. You think, oh, it's McGinn, isn't it? I think if McGinn puts that away, I think that knocks the stuffing out of them anyway at 3-1 because they've just yeah. gifted you a, a route back in the game and you haven't even played well. It's like we had the chances in the second half and that was the thing. The theme really was both teams couldn't defend. I thought Man United at the back were, were and are atrocious, but so were Villa on the day. It was kamikaze defending. I mean, they're missing key men. They are, yeah. In both defensive midfield and defence. I mean, Diego Carlos yeah. got the ball rolling, didn't he, with the... Uh, oh, it's a stinker. It's not It's not the first time. This is Not the first, uh, second or third time, is it? He's had a few. Yeah, where he just... It's a lazy pass and you can't just keep gifting. I mean, fair enough, if you're just starting to learn to play it out the back, but he's... He's played against Manchester City, Arsenal, got clean sheets. He he should be focused. He should know what he's doing. And he's made the mistake in recent history as well against Bournemouth. So you'd think he'd be extra switched And you would imagine a bit like, you know, when I've always said, you know, when cricketers go to Lords or all these places, when you go to Old Trafford, you'd think you'd be razor sharp on your A game, wanting to raise your game. I know Man United at their best, but it's still Man United at Old Trafford and... The, the mistakes we kept making were sloppy and... This should not be a case of United are really up for this because Villa are flying high. It should be Villa are really up for this because it's Old Trafford United. That's all you need it to be. It doesn't matter where we are in the league. If we're playing well, doing well, the intensity should be there because of the history of... Especially when you've come off the back of the Sheffield United performance. That was my annoyance. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I said on Twitter, this is the worst result of the year. And uh, I stand by that. Just you 2 nil up. And this is not a vintage Man United team, am I? Because no. we've, we, we've lost games in the past and you go down their team sheet and go, bloody hell, none of our, our guys would even get on the bench here. This yeah, is not what, like We're up and then suddenly they, Ferguson brings on Keane and Van Nistelrooy as substitutes. The Villa crowd start to boo because they know what's coming. They want their luck, but they know it's game over already <laughs> as soon mm-hmm. as they come on the pitch. But this was opportunity. I mean, you've got to take your opportunities against United and this team was, their team is shite. It's getting beat by almost everybody. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you talk about Villa and title, you know, most people think you're crazy. But you look at recent games we've thrown away. I mean, we've got results beyond what we expected. So there's a balance to be had there. But mm-hmm. Forest. The only team they've beaten in like a space of 10 or so games. Sheffield United, what, they've won, was that their, their third win this season? And then the next well, game, very next Drew, game, very next game, they get beat by Luton. These, these are three points. There's no easy games in the Premier League. Well, there is to some teams. And uh, if you're 2-0 up against United, you're looking at those and you're thinking nine points. I mean, uh, there's nothing taken for granted, but you're just basing it on what other teams have done to these teams. There's a reason why they're in the bottom four, Forest and Sheffield United, before we, you know, we played them. And you think, actually, you know, we would be top now and clear. And you're thinking... People are going, yeah, yeah, but you're not going to win the league. But Leicester, you know, they said that to Leicester all the way through till about April. It took Leicester to get to about April before anybody took them seriously. And sometimes that opportunity, the unexpected opportunity is there. And I, I can't see us winning the league, put it that way, just because I think that these frailties is not what gets you over the line. No, and I, and I think response to maybe losing couple of key players obviously we missed Torres we've missed Kamara enormously the last couple of games you know the, the red it, it's, it's funny you know, we, we it felt like we had to sacrifice quite a lot for the, the that win at Brentford which felt huge at the time you lost Torres lost Kamara for three you've basically lost Torres for two or three he fucked well, up that's the problem it's, it's like he scored yeah. an own goal you know and, yeah. and cost us a game you know literally is so you've got to remember that it's not like oh you know such an amazing player we would have we would have uh, picked up a lot more points well it's due to him that he's not playing yeah, I mean, my thing in, in you know, reaction to your comment was, I, and I tweeted it that this isn't Villa Twitter going into meltdowns because that's such an easy thing to say, and people can't type that quick enough normally when we lose. But this is you can either go down one or two paths. You can go, this is who we are, and we're good now, and this isn't good enough, and that's the way I choose. Or you can go, yeah. wow, we're punching so much above our weight. We're just glad to be here. To me, that's bollocks. It's like. We've, we've been good over what? We, if you're good over a whole calendar year, it suggests you're a good team. Yeah, it's like Leicester. I mean, you know, Leicester fans were—they didn't go. Oh, it's all right if we lose, and uh, you know, we're, we're you know we're, we're, we're you know we're top top of the league at the moment. You know, we 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 don't really deserve to be here. Maybe like three or four years. No, no, you, those opportunities do not come, come along like uh, frequently. Yeah. It's it's pretty much nailed down who wins the league in the Premier League. It's between literally two or three teams. Yeah, but if the stars align, you've got to be ready to to snatch that opportunity. You can say, "Oh well, you know, as long as we finish in the top six, that'll be progress." That is a, a weak mentality. You're not going to win anything with that mentality. And the players, you you hear them talking, you hear Martinez, and the general underlying message between the players is, "Let's just go for it here." Um, and that's why this one came as a surprise. Yeah, you finished the sixth this season. Certain players are thinking, right, let's get out of here. This We're not going to win anything here. This yeah. is a real opportunity this season. And um, I mean, we, we we discussed before we recorded this about, you looked at the table before the game with Newcastle losing earlier in the day to Forest. You think if you put United to the sword here, all of a sudden the gap is going to need a pretty massive effort from one of those two teams to, to claw you in over a yeah, second half of the season. Thing. I mean... You'd be 12 points. I think West Ham are the team uh, outside the European spots. You'd have been 12 points above them. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a big swing across half a I season. Mean, I think that the, the thing when I sort of calmed down the day after the game was that, generally speaking, Emery's been a good learner. And as a team, we've generally tended to react well. But I thought the reaction at Man United was the reaction to the, the disappointment of Sheffield United. I expected 
Villa to come out the traps fairly well at Old Trafford, and we did. I didn't expect the second half. All of a sudden, you're kind of going into Burnley, um, thinking you kind of need to win this one just to keep everyone thinking, yeah, we're good here. Because it's like in the, in the event that you were to drop points or lose, yeah. I think you'd be getting a bit of panic stations from people going, what the fuck is going on here? And you'd have lost that aura of yeah. not invincibility, but... Oh, the media would look at you in the way they looked at Spurs. They'd be like, fucking Yeah, I'm not so bothered about them. I'm thinking more about the players would start, yeah. doubts would start to creep in. It, yeah, because it's different, isn't it? If we'd have, say, gone to Man City with a full-strength City side flying and that happens, you kind of go, it's frustrating but they can do that to anyone in the world. But this Man yeah. United team, abomination. You've just, and I really hope, because we've seen the way these swings can happen, I really hope this isn't a sliding doors game for both sides. Yeah, it, which potentially it could be. It could be, because Man you've got enough in their squad that if they all click and they, you know, they, bear in mind this is a side that still got in the Champions League last season. These are not, this is dreadful, but by Man United standards, but when they're all there, they, they were, they're still a top four side last year. Yeah, I mean, if we'd have drawn this two all after being 2-0 up, you'd have been kicking yourself and going that, that was a real opportunity but to mm. lose it that's where you think mm. well at no point and, it could and, be and avoided pre- yeah I said that it was, an, it, was an, it was an avoidable it was predictable and avoidable which is very frustrating it was it was just a bit of a one of those days where I think we had an, we had an off day on the pitch for the most part and kind of an off day in the dugout I and mean, we, we haven't said that very often about Emery but some of the changes a bit later on we're like this is a bit too late now it's almost like we couldn't we couldn't stem the tide and I think we had to be proactive maybe at half time and go right we're going to need to approach this as two 45s not a 90 minute match it's yeah. it's another game here because you knew United were going to come and you knew if they got the early goal they were, they'd were they get their tails up and then once they got the first you thought right now you've got to try and kill the game or stem the tide and we couldn't and we've seen that a few times and then obviously Phil's called us a, you know, a boxer with a glass jaw that was the theme under Gerrard we thought we'd lost that but this was one of those games where we just couldn't so what changes we, would we you stop have done to uh, you're talking about two games of 45 minutes what changes yeah. would you have done because one of the things that potentially also impacted was uh, Luca Dean going off on the you know yes. just after half time the 50th yeah. minute mark although I actually thought in, in the moments when he went forward I actually thought Moreno looked really dangerous I thought they yeah, were just you, there to be got at those man at you know, that time you're thinking well actually that might it's not so bad a change really is it yeah it was almost like a proactive one we might actually catch them out here I mean, it was even weird, you know, you're 3-2 down and you're kind of going into the, the latter part of the game and fair play to the lad, you've got to give him opportunities. But why are you bringing on in Rogbenham, a holding midfielder, when you're 3-2 down in a game against a team who you want to be like putting for away? like changes, although you could say Duran's a bit more attacking than McGinn, but, you know, not really in terms of affecting a game. No, Diaby didn't work, Zaniolo didn't work. It, it just felt like whatever we threw it at United, we're like, it doesn't matter now, we've got you on the ropes and we're going to do what we haven't done to many teams this year. But I'm looking at who was on the bench to, let's say, play this last 20, uh, 45 differently in terms of uh, going a bit more defensively. And it is hard to mm-hmm. find somebody else. It's not as if you're bringing on Dendonka to add to Kamara and Luis. Yes, yeah, I think that would have been ideal. Or even someone like a Tielemans to just keep the ball. That was the theme yeah, of the I mean, whole we game, missed really. Tielemans keep the time. ball. I think of all the players, we Kamara, Tielemans, we would have won this game, no problem. And I think some of the guys who were maybe on the pitch, you would have liked to almost be bringing off the bench if you were going into that with the team that played against Arsenal City. You know, you're thinking if you bring Ramsey off the bench in a stretch, stretched game, 
great. I thought at 2-0 to begin with, I thought Diaby's going to have a field day here. I thought Moreno the same if the game situation suited. But the game situation had just turned on its head. Yeah. So anyway, enough of that. It's, yes. Uh, I'm still annoyed by Old Trafford next in the, when the FA Cup fourth round, probably. Any Villa news uh, since we met over Christmas? A couple of games changed uh, for TV. Two February games changed. The Sheffield United and Manchester United games. Sheffield United's just later kickoff, 5.30. That's at uh, Sheffield United. And then the Manchester United game, the chance for revenge, has been put back a day to the Sunday uh, 4.30 kickoff. I hate 4.30 kickoffs. Two ki- two o'clock kickoffs on a Sunday. You can actually leave Villa Park and get some sun- a Sunday roast. But uh, 4.30, very inconvenient. Rubbish. <laughs> Thanks, Sky. I've just released the fan advisory board notes. Uh, You are recommended to read them because it essentially highlights how the club are trying to, through the back door, put out this new crest that Chris Heck and Ben Hatton think that supporters aren't wise enough to deal with such things. So they're doing it without any mandate. At the moment, the fan mandate is the round badge. So if you want to impose a new badge you should put that in a vote against the round badge to give it a mandate that's the basic consultation because despite all the all the bum fluff of what they've said about oh in- intensive consultation they presented it to the fan advisory board didn't even ask the fan advisory board if they liked it or any comments it's the first time the fan advisory board or any fans have actually seen it and no consultation no comments elicited and it goes against the fa rules so we will be contacting the fa regarding this and i I will put out uh, the fa rules etc so supporters are fully aware that nowadays there's new rules in town where the fa legally protects supporters in terms of the main heritage assets be it the badge be at the stadium, be in the colours and the name. And uh, if there are changes to that, then supporters across the board need to uh, approve them and give them the blessing. You can't just be coming in, working at the club for six months and then pushing through whatever you feel like is what fans want. Even though Shield, 19% of fans said in the first survey that they uh, thought the Shield was all right. So that's a massive, massive 19% and the club acknowledge in all the communications you know supporters don't want this they don't want the yellow lion because it doesn't stand out and all through the consultation it was claret lion claret lion claret lion claret and blue badge and all they've done is pretty much updated the current shields and these shields have brought us nothing but pain and suffering so anyway keep your eyes open for that and demand that supporters should uh, give it the blessing and there should be a mandate supporter mandate for any other badge change Right, apart from that, I think uh, it's time to get back to some semblance of festive relaxing. What a bad Christmas we've had as a Villa fan. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a bad week, actually, and we haven't said that very often, have we, this year? The year was going so well from a Villa Well, do you know what? Let's end it on a positive with the Burnley game. It'd be great to spank them as I think you said the other day you want to you really take apart one of those shonky teams over Christmas so yeah although they they, they played pretty well against Liverpool they have so uh, they have. it's going to be a and tough and they won didn't they at Fulham they'll come and give it a go as I kind of suggested company's team might they would need time and will probably be more of a force in the second half of the season than they have been in the first half so we thought the bottom three might be done and dusted by the turn of the year but there may be uh, wagging tails Right, until something for the weekend, the last show of the year, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.